Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you this morning to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bible in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare that my life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Precious God, Lord, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for every opportunity, Lord, to approach the throne of grace. And Father God, I trust you today. Father God, Lord, that your word's going to go forth with unhindered, unchecked. Father God, Lord, that your word, Father God, Lord, is going to transform lives today. Father God, move me aside. Take my place. Speak to your people. Father God, we bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, any attempt, Father God, of Satan, Father God, Lord, to thwart, Father God, Lord, the plan, Lord, that you have for our lives. Father God, Lord, that which you desire, Lord, to edify, Lord, the body of Christ. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that there are no technical difficulties, no demons. Father God, no, Father God, delay. Father God, nothing, Father God, Lord, that would stop, Father God, what you have already preordained, Father God, to take place in our life through your word. Father God, give us insight, foresight, and revelation, Father God, Lord, that we may be transformed into that which we see, here and understand today. And I thank you, Lord, for it all in Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And I told you it is essential to the restorative or restoration process that we have a firm foundation because if our foundation is not stable, any attempt to build will be unsuccessful. So for the past couple months, we've been talking about the foundational principles of the church, and we've been focusing on the principles of kingdom identity and kingdom authority, who God says we are and what he says we can do. And this morning, I want to talk about the third foundational principle, which is the one that all the others are built upon, and that's kingdom knowledge. So open your Bibles with me once again to our foundational scripture, Matthew chapter 16. And when you get there, look at verse 13, Matthew chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. And I'm reading this from the new King James version of the text. Here it says, I'm sorry, the King James version. Here it says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, 
but whom say ye that I am? Here we see Jesus asking his disciples, what are people saying about him? Who do men say that he is? And they respond by saying, some say you're just a preacher. Some say you're one of the Old Testament prophets. But notice he totally disregards what the world has to say about him. And he asked them, who do you say that I am? Because what matters is what we as believers think. And what is the source of our information? Uh, look at verse 16. He says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, you didn't get that from man. That information came directly from God. And because of that, you are totally equipped for success. In verse 18, he says, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I told you the church was built upon the foundational principle that Jesus is who God is. And since the Bible declares as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We as believers have that same identity and authority that he does. Jesus said that it is upon this rock, the revelation of his identity as the son of the living God, that the Ecclesia, God's governing agency in the earth, would be established. In other words, it is the information that came directly from heaven that provides our stability. Because when we operate based on kingdom knowledge, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And that's why Jesus tells Peter, because heaven is his source of information. Because he has kingdom knowledge, he is blessed. Totally equipped for success. Uh, let me help you see this. Go over to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And when you get there, look at verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. And here it reads, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, that word grace is the Greek word charis. It is the word from which we get the word charisma. It is the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. It is the divine enablement that gives us the ability to do what we could not do before. And that word peace is the Greek word Irene. It is the word that we get the word serene. It means security, safety, prosperity, blessedness. 
And here he tells us that we have access to those things in increasing measure. The more kingdom knowledge we possess. See, when our information comes directly from heaven. As a matter of fact, Dr. Cash told us on last time, our proficiency with words will impact how much of God he can relate to us. Oh, I need you to catch that. Our proficiency with words impact how much of God he can relate to us. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So God is going to communicate or translate his kingdom to us through words. I told you last time that that, 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 that the last time I was before you that the kingdom of God is voice activated. So until we become proficient in words, we're going to be limited about how much of God we can receive. So our willingness to grow, our willingness to hear from God and do what he said will determine our experience. Uh, can I prove it to you? Look at what he says in verse three. He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. See, God is the only one who is uniquely qualified to instruct us as it pertains to every facet of life, both natural and spiritual. Why? Because he created both. God created nature, but he created nature from spirit. And so God is an expert. He is the foremost authority on both the natural and the spiritual realm. But many of us have allowed the enemy to deceive us into thinking that we need only consult God when it comes to spiritual matters. Oh, I I'm going to let you pause and think about that for a minute. I, I want you to reflect on your life and, and how you operate and how you go about your daily life. Because we've allowed the enemy to convince us, to deceive us into thinking that we need only consult God when it comes to spiritual matters. When the truth is everything in our life is spiritual because we are spiritual beings that live in a natural body and possess a soul. And it's only through his knowledge that we are able to obtain the precious promises that allow us to embody our true nature and escape the corruption of this natural world. As a matter of fact, go over to Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah chapter 48. Oh, I'm trying to bless you this morning. Isaiah chapter 48 
And when you get there, look at verse 17. Isaiah chapter 48, beginning at verse 17. Here it reads, thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. See, God is the only one who knows how to manifest his blessings in our life. And he's the only one who can show us the way we were meant to live. See, so many of us spend so much of our time struggling, trying to get the things that we want, things that we think we should have. But God is the only one who is qualified to show us the way we were meant to live, to show us how to manifest the blessings of God that we desire to have in our lives. Uh, look at verse 18. He says, oh, that you had heeded my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. Remember, I told you that word peace means security, safety, prosperity, blessedness. He said your, your, your security, your safety, your prosperity, your blessedness would be like a river. It would be constantly flowing in your life. You would have a constant flow of security. You would have a constant flow of safety. You would have a constant flow of prosperity. You would have an unending flow of blessedness in your life. If you had only heeded his commandments, if you had only heeded his instructions, if you had only listened to his words, if you had only allowed him to instruct you. He says, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. See, when we do what he says, blessing is inevitable. But the reason so many of us don't experience that is because we don't understand the value of kingdom knowledge. Oh, watch this. Go over to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. See, we have gotten to the place where we want to put our natural, our world, the, the, the knowledge of this world far above the knowledge of God. But go over to Proverbs 24 and look at verse 3. Here it says, through wisdom a house is built and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. See, everything we desire in life requires wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And that's why Dr. Cash encouraged us to be lifelong learners. But many of us have equated that to meaning 
that we need to go out and hustle and grind and figure it out and, and, and try to try to get it through the world system. See, if I if I want my watch this, if, if I want my house to be filled with present and pleasant pleasant riches, then I need uh to get uh, 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 a higher level degree. I got to get um, a, a, a better promotion on my job. I, I've got to get more skills. I got to get more training. I got to get. And I'm not telling you against any of that. Because Dr. Cash told us that we he encouraged us to be lifelong learners so that we would always be equipped to do the things that God called us to do. See, the problem is that we've gotten this thing backwards. As a matter of fact, God himself reminds us through the proverb writer in chapter 4 and verse 7. Proverbs 4 and verse 7. He says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Here he makes it plain that there should be an ongoing quest to gain wisdom. That we should be constantly trying to increase our level of understanding. We should constantly be trying to put something under our stand. See, that's what understanding means. To put something under what you're standing on. Getting something to support what you say you believe. And for many of us, that is the case. But the problem for some of us is the source. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And let's get into this thing. Because I, I, I don't want you to think that that means that... Uh, all you're supposed to do is, is pray and read the Bible and, and that you shouldn't be going to school because that's that would be contrary to everything Pastor Cash taught you last week. And that's not the case at all. But I need you to understand the source. Because the enemy's job is to make us twist or pervert the source. James chapter 1, look at verse 5. Here he says, if any of you lacks wisdom. Remember he said wisdom was the principal thing. He said that it's through wisdom that the house is built. So we know that if we want to build anything, if we want to have anything, we need wisdom. And he tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And he said, in all you're getting, make sure you get understanding that we need understanding because understanding is how we're going to fill the room with the precious things. But he says, if you lack wisdom, he said, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without approach and it will be given to him. See, God is the omniscient or all-knowing one. So he should be the source of all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Well, watch this. 
See, it was never the will of God for us to eat from the knowledge, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. To try and educate ourselves. Or to figure out what's best for us. So, does that mean we aren't supposed to go to school? That we aren't supposed to read books other than the Bible? Because Dr. Cash said we're supposed to be constantly learning. Absolutely not. But the problem is our process and our preoccupation with our plans and position. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew's gospel, take no thought for your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. But instead, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. But even though he tells us to take no thought for our lives, some of us have already planned the next 20 years. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to make plans or to have a vision. But it's when you didn't take time to consult the Lord. Because he said, seek ye first the kingdom. But instead of putting God first, we've put our goals first. We've put our wants first. We've put our needs first. Our degree first. Our career first. Our status first. Until they've become idols. And if we're not careful, we'll be just like the Pharisees who were so consumed with the knowledge that they had obtained. And even though it was religious knowledge, they rejected the source of all knowledge. Paul warns us about this in the Corinthian letter by saying, knowledge puffs up. And if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. And that's why God tells us in Psalm 32. Matter of fact, go over there. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. And when you get to look at verse 8. Psalm 32, beginning at verse 8. Here God tells us, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. See, God desires uh, to give us revelation to show us the way we should go. Now, I I'm going to read verse 9 in the Passion Translation because he makes it so clear. He goes on to say, so don't make it difficult. Don't be stubborn when I take you where you've not been before. Don't make me tug you and pull you along, just come with me. See, too many times we make things difficult, being stubborn by refusing to follow his instructions. But we must remain submitted to God, even in our intellect. See, see, God's trying to 
trying to teach us something, but we feel like we got to go get a degree. Or God's telling us to go back to school and we're trying to figure it out. See, we're trying to get somebody to show us something and God's telling us to read a book. See, we've got to be submitted to God, even in our intellect and our quest for knowledge. Or it can lead us to a place of arrogance. Where we think we know what's best for us. Or we get puffed up in the things that we knowledge we think we've acquired. Watch this. Before I got saved, I'd never met anybody who was smarter than me. I know some of you thinking, do what? Yeah, you heard what I said. I'd never met anybody who was smarter than me. And I've literally worked with rocket scientists. I graduated fifth out of my senior class. And that was only because I refused to put in any effort. I could have been valedictorian in my sleep. I just didn't choose to. I graduated second out of my engineering class without even trying. I got a full engineering scholarship to college without putting in any effort. Anything I ever wanted to know or understand came easy to me. There's never been a concept I struggled to grasp. But it wasn't until I met the Lord that I realized how little I knew. I, I, I may have always been the smartest guy in the room, but compared to God, I didn't know anything. So, so, so like Paul, what things were gained to me, these things I counted lost for Christ. Indeed, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. See, because the more I got to know him, the more I reverenced him, the closer I got to God, the more I was in awe of him. I recognize my insufficiency. Watch this. If you've ever seen a truly massive structure, like a skyscraper or a cruise ship or an aircraft character, carrier, they may look large from a distance, but the closer you get, you begin to appreciate how big they are and how small you are in comparison. It really changes your perspective. It gives you a new level of respect or reverence for it. Well, go over to Proverbs chapter 9. Oh, watch this. I'm trying to bless you today. Proverbs chapter 9. Here, the proverb writer tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The Living Bible puts it this way. For the reverence and fear of God are basic to all wisdom. Knowing God results in every other kind of understanding. And that's why in order to acquire kingdom knowledge, we must be submitted to God even in our intellect. Turn over to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. Oh, I'm almost done. I'm not going to keep you long today. Psalm 25. Just a couple of more scriptures. But I need you to get it. Look at verse 12. He says, those who have reverence for the Lord will learn from him. The path they should follow. Here it says, if we have reverence for the Lord, we will learn from him. One translation says, he will instruct us. Because only when we have the proper perspective of God, when we have the proper reverence for him, will we see him as the all-knowing, omniscient one and allow him to be the source of our knowledge. Because we recognize that we will never know more than he does. No matter how many degrees we have, or how many books we've read, or classes we take. Look at verse 13. Now I'm reading this from the today's English version. He says, they will always be prosperous and their children will possess the land. See, God desires to lead us on the path to prosperity. But we will never follow him unless we trust that he knows more than we do. As a matter of fact, turn over to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Very familiar text. Proverbs chapter 3. And when you get there, look at verse 5. Here he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. See, we've got to allow God to lead us. We've got to allow God to show us what to read, what to learn, what areas to develop in, whether or not to get a degree or to take some classes or to simply develop another skill because only he knows how he desires to prosper us, to progress us 
Only he knows the path he desires for us to take. And that's why he tells us in all your ways, acknowledge him. Become intimate with him. Get to know him on a personal level. And he shall direct your path. See, God's path for you is personal. See, he may tell somebody to get a degree and may not tell you to get one. See, that's why the formula for success is not the same for everybody. Because God's path for you is not his path for everybody else. His path for development for you is not his path for development for everybody else. Oh, watch this. I remember years ago in ministry, I had a friend of mine. And I'm sure she was well-meaning, but she kept trying to tell me, oh, you need to go. You ought to go get your doctorate in theology. You ought to go get your doctorate. Oh, because, you know, it, 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 it'll make people look at change how they look at you. It'll, it, it, you know, it's much, much more respected. You know, it, it'll, 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 uh, uh, it'll have a great impact on your ministry. God didn't tell me to go get a doctorate in theology. I've written two books. I've been pastoring for 20 years. I've got several pastors that have doctorate degrees that I mentor. But God never told me to go get a doctorate. Because that's not how he chose to develop me. And if he tells me to go get one, I'll go get one. But God is the source of my knowledge. God is the source of my information. God is where I get my wisdom. And he directs my path because I am intimate with him. I, get, I have gotten to know him on a personal level and he directs my path. See, because it's only what he reveals to us that makes us unstoppable. Watch this. He told Peter, you are blessed, fully equipped for success because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven, because you have chosen to receive information from heaven versus trusting what you're able to acquire on your own because you chose kingdom knowledge over world knowledge. Kingdom knowledge over flesh-based knowledge. And if we're going to have the kind of impact and influence that God intended, it's going to require kingdom knowledge. Which means we're going, we, we must become lifelong learners. We must be constantly willing to sit at the feet of God. Every day, we need to get up asking him, what would he have us to do? What would he have us to learn? Where would he have us to go? God, show us what would he have us to glean from our every situation, our every circumstance, our every interaction. And that's why you must constantly be learning. You got to be able to hear from God and you got to do what he tells you to do. He may tell you to get another degree. He may tell you to get another skill. 
He may just tell you to sit at the feet of others, to be taught, to be trained, to learn. Because he wants to show you some things that will benefit the kingdom. But you must remember, however he decides to get it to you, that God is the ultimate source of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And it's only kingdom knowledge that will benefit you. God bless you today. I pray that this message has made you recognize the importance of getting knowledge from God. He says, wisdom is the principal thing in all thy wisdom, getting, get an understanding. See, it's one of the foundational principles of the church. See, it was on the revelation, that knowledge that came directly from God, that the entire church was built. And everything in your life, your stability is going to come from the information that God gives you, from the instruction that he gives you. From the path that he tells you to go on. So you've got to have kingdom knowledge. And if you're watching this day. You're like man this sounds amazing. This is powerful. But I, I, I don't even know God like that. That's why he says. In all your ways acknowledge him. Become intimate with him. Get to know him. And this is your opportunity today. If you desire to get to know God. On a deeper level. Your first step. Is to receive him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God gave his son to die for our sins. To give us an opportunity. To repent, to turn. Pastor Cash taught us on last time that where repent means to turn before you crash into the wall. God's trying to give you an opportunity to turn. And come back to him. And if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. All you must do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Believe that God loved you enough to give up his son for you. And by your own confession be willing to make him the Lord of your life. Give him permission to make your every decision. So if you desire that today pray this prayer with me. Precious God. Come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I want to make him my Lord and my Savior. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. And if you pray this prayer, then your next step is to find a Bible teaching, Bible believing church. So we want to contact you. We want, we want to help you on your walk. So visit our website at www lovemychurch.org click contact us fill out a connection card let us know you received Christ today let us know you're looking for a church home let us know you rededicated your life or this is you got saved today and one of our ministers will contact you with some information some next steps to help you along your journey we want to help you in that walk secondly if you've been listening to this message or or if you've been part of this broadcast if you've been blessed by our ministry and you want to help us do what God's called us to do then sow a financial seed 
You can use Cash App, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. But however you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We have a mandate to make sure this gospel is preached on all of these different platforms. And that's not a small task. So we encourage you to share what God has blessed you with to help us be a blessing to others. The instructions are on the screen. But thirdly, make sure you share this word with somebody you know who needs it. Because we know you know somebody who needs it. But God bless you today. I'm Pastor Tuck. Thank you for watching the word at my church. And make sure you come back and see us again on next time. God bless you. We love you. And stay tuned for our announcements. See you again on next time. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.